Hello, and welcome back to some bonus coverage of Survivor at Home, the podcast. I am your host through this whole journey to take us through the season of Survivor 32 Co Wrong. And with me as my co-host through this journey, I have a familiar face, so to speak, <laughs> someone who was on my tribe last season of Survivor at Home, season five, and has been a guest at least once, maybe twice. I have Melinda. Melinda, how are you doing? Good. I'm so happy to be here to be talking about more Survivor, just to tide us over till the new season drops at the end of this month. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. And watching the premiere of Survivor Co. Wrong got me so hyped for Survivor again. And just seeing so many familiar faces and just seeing Jeff, who looked so good, by the way. Yeah, so uh, I wrote that down. You... I was like, Jeff looks so young. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Seven years now, but... But uh, but yeah, I know it, it just got me right back into it. And I'm so happy to be podcasting and to be podcasting with you. So for those new listeners who might not have listened to our other coverage, just to quickly uh, go over who I am. I am a longtime fan of Survivor. I've been watching since season one. Took a few seasons off. Didn't have cable television for a while. I started watching again for Survivor Cook Islands. Missed a season or two. And then I've been watching faithfully since season 19. And now I I am co-hosting the podcast. Yeah, I know. Time flies by. It really, really does. So obviously Survivor is uh, very near and dear to my heart. And I love watching it and talking about it. And now I love podcasting about it as well. And I'm also a patron of Rob Has a Podcast. And so... I listen to those podcasts as well, and we'll see what influence that has on my own podcasting. Please join us, join me for the ride. And uh, Melinda, who are, who are you? My survivor story is a bit different. I'm kind of like the prodigal son who went away and came back. So I did watch it at the very beginning. It premiered when I was in high school and loved it. And then when I went to university, I just never lived anywhere with the TV and kind of fell off that. But Survivor is a huge part of my pandemic coping mechanisms I talk about. Um, I had a three-tiered approach to surviving the pandemic, and it was Survivor reading and puzzles. <laughs> so I that was when Winners at War was on. And so my husband and I started watching Winners at War um, when we were in lockdown. And then that April, I, I got a free trial to the, it was CBS at the time, that had all the old seasons. And so I went back and in that one month tried to watch as many of the past seasons that had the winners who were on Winners at War. So I actually haven't watched all of them between like seven and whatever, 40. So I've probably watched about 15 of them. But this is a season I haven't watched yet. So I'm just getting into this season 32. So I'm excited. So I I mean, I know who wins, but I don't know how it all shakes out. So I'm excited to be going through this with Kel and with you listeners. That's that's so fun. So yeah, I have not watched this since it was live on television. And so I know, yeah, I know the big beats of the season, but it's yeah. going to be really fun to just go back and have a have a second eye on the season. So yeah, for full transparency, we'll obviously be talking about the winner who did appear in Winners at War. And so I don't think we'll talk about, of course, Melinda doesn't know who goes home. I know who goes home approximately, and I, I don't think I'll be talking about that necessarily, but I'll you know, we'll, we'll be looking at the winner. And we'll be also just, of course, talking about what goes on in that particular episode or two. The scheduling of release will be a bit sporadic. 
as we are going to try and finish our coverage before season 46 starts. Also, we'll be doing maybe two episodes per podcast and maybe even three episodes per podcast. We have some guests lined up already for the next three podcast episodes. If anyone in the Survivor at Home community would like to be a guest podcast host with us, please reach out to myself or Melinda and we could certainly get you in there. It would require some watching really fast, uh, but uh, we would love to have you. And then we will also be talking about our experiences in the Survivor at Home Season 6 game that we played about two weeks ago, I think, end of our mid part of January. Spoiler, neither of us did particularly well, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll sort of parse through the trauma that we experienced. And to those participants who played, you know, we'll, we'll be gentle. So no one needs to be cringing at what we may or may not say. But I am looking forward to hearing about Melinda's experience around different tribes, but we'll get that towards the end of the podcast. But we're not here to talk about Survivor at Home Season 6 or the current season of Survivor, but Survivor Korong. So let's get into it. Melinda, uh, okay, so broad thoughts on the premiere. What, what did you notice? What did you like? Who did you like? Broad thoughts. First of all, coming out of the last season that aired on TV, the 60 minutes just does not cut it. <laughs> so that I really did notice it, especially at the beginning when you've got 18 people and it's just jumping around the three different beaches. Yeah, it just felt super quick. Also, I sort of forgot how they do the marooning at the beginning where they get all this stuff off the boat. And so they really like it really makes you realize how like new era survivors, they, they get nothing. <laughs> they start with nothing. I um, love that marooning. I thought that was so exciting. Yes, I, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was kind of living for Grabbing that. Grabbing the stuff. Yeah. And then it helps. All the camps are so different. Like you've got some groups that have chickens and I don't know, it just adds extra stuff to it. I like that. The survival part of Survivor is lower on the tier of what I watch the show for. Like I love the gameplay and the social part. So I would be fine if it went back to getting all the stuff at the beginning. What and would you yeah. grab if you were marooning? What would you grab? What do you think you would go to? You're, you know, you're on the boat. Jeff says, all right, survivors go. What are you going for? Is that, do they get a machete and pot on top of that? Or they have to grab that? I, I think they do. They must get a machete. So let's, let's assume that they get a machete okay. and pot. I don't even know. Is it mostly like food and supplies? I don't know. Sometimes they have a hammer. They have an, a hatchet or an ax. Some building supplies if they had them. And then, yeah, I guess food to get you started. I feel the like chickens, like if you could get those chickens to lay eggs, that's a consistent supply. And then as your tribe dwindles, your chickens can dwindle too. So I feel yeah. like that would be a good one too, the chickens. <laughs> Anyone jump out at you over the episode? Like who, who are like the standout characters for you? you have to give it to the casting for Debbie is my number one. She's like old era Caroline. She is just so out there and wild, just as far as entertainment value and how she's going to interact with the other people. Cause you just do not know what is going to come out of her mouth next. And I would say next for me is probably Ty. He's just such a unique character and sweet soul. And so, yeah, I would say those would be my two standouts right now. Yeah. I know. Great, great picks. I was, obviously, I know how the season plays out. Ty had such highs and lows of this episode. I mm. found myself being worried for him. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, man, everyone loves Ty. Now everyone's out to get Ty. Now he's being super <laughs> sus. 
I was a bit self-aware. He's like, I made the worst mistake ever and went off on my own. (laughs) Yeah. My, I I mean, I'd have to agree with you on the, on the Debbie. Like she is just (laughs) such a wackadoo person. Okay. So I remember I made my friends watch this with me back when it was on and I did not catch it, but the editors loved how crazy she is. And every time she's on the screen in a confessional, she has a different job title. She has this like extensive resume that she is bragging about and production. I don't want to say they're in on the joke, but they're kind of like making a joke out of it. I'm pretty sure there, I saw it when I was Googling this. There's like a Reddit where someone back checked all her jobs. And there's a lot of them where you could extrapolate from what she was. But I loved how the note I wrote down, I wrote Debbie, best TV. And then I wrote Red Lobster because she's like, and when I'm not doing that, I'm a server at Red Lobster. Yeah, I feel like that's your primary job. And then the right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they picked like good people to be on her tribe because some of the one-liners from, especially from Peter and Neil about Debbie are just gold. Neil's like, oh, I'm going to come in and probably be the eccentric person. And he has those wild pants and he's an ice cream entrepreneur. And then he's just like, Debbie is a whole other level of crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Debbie, Debbie was a big one for me. And then I just found a lot of people were, I don't say insufferable, but we saw a lot of people sort of play into their tribes, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. archetype. And so that was kind of just like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, because this one is, we didn't say this yet, but this is divided as the brains and the brawn and beauty. Yeah. And I would say the brawn, especially, I don't care for any of them. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely painted a certain way. And even some of the beauty were between Anna and Nick. I just found it like, oh, but I could, I could definitely see the producers asking, why do you think that you were put on the beauty tribe? I like, I try not to fault them for what they're saying as icky as it is, because if a producer on Survivor is asking you why you think you're on the beauty tribe, I mean, what are you going to (laughs) say? You have to say something. I think a lot of people, and exactly what you're saying, like Jason and Scott, I just didn't really care for them too much. I was also, yeah, we're, we're saying it's a 60 minute episode and then there's 18 survivors. I didn't know who Julia was for a large portion of the episode mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. when they said her name i was like okay what was who was that again and even though i watched the season before it was she was a fairly forgettable in the episode and i'm sure like we'll we'll see but i did i did look this up i looked up their jobs and their ages and she's only 18 years old so i can what? imagine she's probably just terrified and they have her like title as student but she must be just out of high school in her first year yeah. of university because she talks about being a sorority girl. But yeah, I can imagine she doesn't say anything because she doesn't know what to say and how to interact with these real grown-ups <laughs> on the show. Right. But she's sweet. You know, but I hope we get a little bit more of her as as we go on. Season progresses. Yeah. And to to survive the casting process, you have to be a fantastic person. So yeah. I do yeah. trust that she did show something in casting but not not great for her prospects that she didn't really have a lot on this particular episode that being said so spoiler warning for those who are maybe spoiler adverse and sort of miss the first spoiler warning the eventual winner of the season michelle it was shocking to me how little she spoke or even how little she was on her 
there were some tidbits and I think the tidbits were actually really good. But for someone who goes on to win the season, I feel like, you know, in the in the opening like 20 minutes, we we got like zero, zero. We got like a flash of her face on the boat. And then that was basically it. Yeah. And it's funny watching because some of these characters come back in either Game Changers or is there in the 30s, is there like a fan's favorites one? Which it, because Ty comes back, he's on a future season. Yeah. But I can't remember which Ty... one. Ty... I think if Ty and Debbie come back for Game Changers. Okay. Okay. That's where Ty is. And so does Aubrey. Aubrey also comes back for Game Changers. Yeah. And then she comes back with, in a season with two other survivors. I don't want to say, you know, Island of Ex- Extinction Island or the, the Extinction okay. one. Okay. I yeah. haven't seen that one. I did see Game Changers okay. and that's one of my all-time favorite seasons. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, yeah. The winner of Game Changers is very controversial in outside the game. But I could definitely appreciate how cutthroat she was in the game. But what that's you know, we're not talking about that. But it, it is it is a good season. And then of course Michelle comes back for winners at war. And she makes it all the way to the finals, and she is one of the few people to play twice and never get voted out. So fun distinction for Michelle. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. And well, uh, that was me. You... My first that was me the first two times I played, <laughs> played twice, never voted out. Cast myself out once and <laughs> yes. failed the yeah. other well, time. Well, well, I know we'll we'll get into that at the end of the podcast, but yeah, sad times all around for sure. I guess it's um, okay to be in a league with Michelle. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's not a terrible place to be. Yeah, so we'll see if Michelle ever plays a third time. Maybe she'll uh, will go out in a similar place. Who knows? Yeah. And so uh, before we get into the episode, I am watching the challenge season thirty nine, which has Michelle in it, and I believe this is her. Th- third or even fourth time on the tv show the challenge oh wow yeah for those who aren't familiar with the challenge it is currently on mtv and it brings people from survivor big brother several different like love island several different international tv shows and they're in a another social strategy game it's been on for many years and i highly recommend it anyway so michelle is currently on that show right now as well so she's very much in the tv world but why don't we jump into the episode so yes exactly as we're saying so episode opens and one thing that i really appreciated and noted this time is that jeff really sets up how intense the season is going to be um the weather and just how they're like this is going to be the hardest ever he says the most grueling of 39 days in survivor and of course jeff is always one for like the of course every season is the most something right yeah Going in, we we knew as the audience that there was going to be several medivacs, and they even allude to being medivaced in this episode. Debbie is the most likely to be medivaced, I think Neil said. Oh, yes. But I think it's hilarious because she's 49 and Neil is 38. Dude, she's like 10 years older than you. Joe is 71. So it's funny how they and love he looks- her. With a 71-year-old. He looks yeah. amazing for 71, by the way. Yeah. Like, one yeah. could only dream to look as uh, as handsome as Joe yeah. Del Campo. <laughs> so rich. Yeah. Yeah. FBI. <laughs> yeah, it's such a cool job. I feel like, man, I would love yeah. to just yeah. sit down. Yeah, and he's and definitely, like there have been other old dudes on the show, but he's probably one of the fittest. Absolutely. Of body and mind. Like, I think he said he was like a hostage negotiator. <laughs> just, that's amazing. So I'm sure in his prime, he was... A, a very scary person so yeah jeff sets up that the season is going to be the most intense grueling 39 days 
And we, so we as the audience know that there are medivacs coming and uh, who they are, I guess uh, time will tell, but uh, is Debbie one of them? We will see. I, I hope not. I want more Debbie. <laughs> Yeah, no, Debbie, Debbie is it's great. Like, it's like one of those things. It's like a train wreck. Like you can't look away. Like she, she gives me equal parts joy from how hilarious it is, but also I'm just cringing. Like I get secondhand embarrassment worse than I actually get embarrassed myself. The cringe on Absolutely. this is very, very high. <laughs> I don't think I get secondhand embarrassing embarrassment watching Debbie, but I, I also watch, um, like it is real to just like be on your couch and be like actively cringing. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and they have these roasts that they do every season and just watching them try and roast sometimes is just like so awful to just sit through and just, I can't even look sometimes because I'm so embarrassed for the people on the screen, but, yeah. but you know, Debbie is so confident and Debbie is like, this is yeah. who I am. And like, this is yeah. how, what I'm saying. And she's so self-confident that even if we're cringing, she doesn't care. So that's why I like Debbie. She talks about her two daughters and she's so proud of them and whatever. And there's just like so many beautiful pictures of her daughters and she's just so oh. proud of them. And yeah, I like it. You should do I a Debbie I, deep how, dive. <laughs> yeah. How, how old are her daughter? I like, I, I mean, I guess they, she's 49. So I guess they're. Yeah. So they were probably like late teens or early twenties, like when she was on the show. So like 10 years ago. So. Interesting. Man, to be Debbie's child, that would be quite the, quite the house to grow up in. <laughs> they're probably, they're, they're just used to that. They just be like, oh, yeah. mom, that's such a mom thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's my mom. That's who she is. Yeah. So we have just quickly, they have Darnell, Neil, Caleb, and Aubrey on the screen. We have cutaways to Dr. Peter uh, talking about how he can't deal with ignorance, not something that he he wants to deal with on Survivor, people who are ignorant. I, I think I would be very intimidated if I met Peter. There's just something about, I guess, how he is that I just don't think I would jive with as a Survivor player. Maybe it's just well, so... Especially like, how they just like call him Obama right from the get-go. <laughs> he looks like Obama. Yeah, and... He kind of does. He in my like. I feel like there are some, especially yeah. like early, like younger, younger Obama. Like he definitely yeah. has that sort of, yeah, that sort of vibe to him. And Debbie, her her opening line, so good. Uh, she'll kick ass in the challenges as puzzles laid down for her like lovers. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. And actually, it was so funny. The name of the episode is "I'm a Mental Giant," and I was just like, "That has to be a Debbie line." So I was actually shocked. Like, it comes out in Tribal Council that it's not Debbie, but I was like, "That just seems like something she would say." Of being yeah. A mental no, giant. I I completely but, agree. Yeah. You would think yeah. that would be a line that would she says, but but yeah. no. Uh, we have Scott, former NBA player. Uh, he did things that no one wanted to do, and I love so. Scott and Jason both have some great lines here. And I feel like it's very indicative of how they're going to be playing this game. So Scott did things no one else wanted to do. Jason kicks down the door, ties up the culprit. I don't care. I need a paycheck and you're my paycheck. I appreciate the energy that they're putting forward. I don't necessarily like the energy that they're giving off for the game, but I can certainly appreciate that given their backgrounds, that this is their approach to the game. Uh, not, not really vibing with that either. Uh, and then, yeah, as I said, yeah, I didn't like, I really didn't like their interactions with Alicia in that they don't even learn her name. Like, I just found that part was really like, they just call her Blondie. Like, 
I don't know, that just felt pretty low to me, even though I don't love her. <laughs> but like Jason says a few times, like, I'm not even going to bother to learn her name because she's going to be gone. And I just, that's not a great way to like introduce yourself to the world. <laughs> I agree. Like, and something that I heard that casting is doing now is that they're not really casting people who are like that. Misogynist? You know? <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> You know, people are like, oh, we want Survivor villains back. And then you see, you know, Scott and Jason and who are just, you know, flat out rude. And, you know, I probably say at this point, Jason more than Scott. But yeah, there's there's definitely uh, flares of misogyny in, in their approach to interacting with Alicia. And that's not something that, you know, in this post pandemic sort of more inclusive world that we find ourselves in. Yeah, uh, we don't really talk to you know to people like that we don't really accept that on our tvs as maybe even i guess what seven years ago when this was on tv i don't think anyone was really talking about that but certainly not something that we like to see and i, I think survivor is moving away from casting people who who are like that in the mm -hmm. real world which I well and i watched like before christmas i watched season 30 and 31 31 was the second chance one and that was great but 30 was that was the one where they had the white collar, blue collar, blue no collar, collar, no collar. Yeah. And the blue collar on that, actually the whole thing, there was like, it was very hard to find anybody likable in that entire season. And you're just like, there's a lot of tension and like fighting, but it's not like good TV. You're just like, this is sad. Like people are just being super awful to each other insulting and racist so i feel like if you reflect on some of the seasons where they've been like oh these are controversial people and we'll cast them and then it kind of backfires because you don't want to feel like you're just cheering for the least offensive or least awful person to win <laughs> i i agree and even that winner is at the time he was fairly controversial it was that for season three the winner was spoiled a bit by jeff's hype for the season and then as the season progressed those who are sort of following, you know, what Jeff, how he was sort of presenting the season in the preseason, it was fairly obvious that the winner would win. But I would say Ben Dreebergen could only dream of having the same ride as the winner of season 30. <laughs> uh, but you know what, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, maybe another, another recap. Should we do that, do this again? And yeah, and then we have finally uh, Anna and Nick talking about how they use their looks to their advantage in the real world. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, and you can definitely we, tell that they've been asked sort of leading questions to like play into these stereotypes, which yes, I don't yeah. love that. Like I, I don't, I think I love more random tribe selections. Like I don't, I don't know how I feel about some of the themes that they've done. I I agree. I think they really struck gold with the first Survivor brains versus brawn versus beauty, and they tried to recreate it. And I don't want to say it, it's it's failed and it's a concept that should not work, but there's just something about like pigeonholing people into this very specific mold. Like obviously there's a lot of crossover in the real world between, you know, brains and beauty and brawn. And it's not like those are Thank like you. the three pillars Thank of you. it. Triple threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like those are the three pillars of any personality or person. Like people are yeah. significantly more comprehensive than than just being either or any combination of those three but but here we are in survivor season 32 where those are the only traits that matter okay uh, so where would they put you i know this, how this is going to sound i probably would go on the 
beauty tribe. Yeah, I would have put you there. No, I would have put you there for sure. (laughs) Not that I think I'm exceptionally good looking. I would probably take Ty's spot and then people would be like, what is Cal doing here? (laughs) But I feel feel like what goes hand in hand with, with beauty is also just social capabilities. And I feel like that's maybe where I would uh, flourish as a a quote unquote beauty, but I am definitely not brawny and definitely not Brady and I'm not even beautiful, but how about yourself, Melinda? Where would you go? Oh, I'd be brains for sure. Just because I wouldn't fit the other two categories. (laughs) Maybe if I'd applied in my twenties when I was a little (laughs) bit more athletic, I could have been very tall, but I'm not very strong, but I'm a mental giant. You're a mental shot. And you know, I would definitely back that up. And once again, not saying one thing or another, but based on the preparation that you put forward in the very first full Survivor at Home season that you played was very admirable. Was it as admirable as the current winner of Survivor at Home? No. <laughs> but uh, when that winner hopefully comes on the podcast, they could talk about their preparation. But you did put in a lot of preparation for the season that you did. And you also helped win several um, significant challenges as well. So you're absolutely a brain. And to any guests that's come on, be ready to answer where you think you would be, because uh, I'm curious to know where any of us are. themselves in what, uh, exactly. in what tribe they'd be on. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Agreed. So yeah, we find ourselves first uh, on the, on the brawn tribe. And one thing that I really took note is, so Darnell obviously goes home this episode, but we don't really get a lot of Darnell, even in this opening uh, look at the Braun tribe. Like he's just sort of in the background. And so whether that's him just not really being at the forefront or just sort of taking a back seat, or the editor is just hiding him for some reason, we don't really get a lot of Darnell in this segment. I am going to have a hard time talking about him because I find his entire trajectory like so tragic and sad. He was so into it and wanted to be there so badly and talked about how he was like a lifeguard and whatever, but like has swam in a pool. And then he makes a mistake in the challenge that they will say cost them the challenge. It just is so heartbreaking that you can want something so bad and then... I don't know. I feel like this because we have people like we live where there's tons of lakes to swim in and swimming in a lake is very different than a pool. And there are people who are terrified to swim in the lake because it's dark and you can't see your toes like half the time. Right. And so I feel like yep. if you've only ever swam in a pool and then you go jump into the ocean and you've never like you can be an amazing swimmer and a lifeguard and have taught swimming lessons and then be out of your element in the ocean. So I don't know. I just feel like, and then his story of just like how everything in his life has been hard. I just, I kind of yeah. wanted to like cry for him. <laughs> like he's one of my and so on the topic of pools. So I, yeah, I grew up in Northern Ontario. And so lots of lakes there as well. The first time I went to Cuba when I was 24 and my very first experience in the ocean was, it was shocking like I had always swam in fresh water and to go from, you know, he's going from a pool to the sea. And for me to go from fresh water to the sea, it was very jarring. Like the amount of salt that hits your mouth, it's like, you know, you got to brace yourself for that. And then the tide is significantly stronger than a lake. Undertow and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I definitely, 
empathize with his, his experience of and exactly like, what you're saying when you're in a pool. for Darnell, like like a season of all the first outs and he I would, would be someone that. that i would be like bring him back yeah exactly <laughs> we brought like, back michelle a hundred times on the challenge bring back darnell yeah yeah <laughs> yeah darnell, uh, yeah just listening like we just hope that you have had a great past eight years and not let that one little blip affect your life <laughs> oh yeah absolutely no team team darnell for a while as well and so I remember listening to the preseason coverage of this. And one thing that I really took note from Darnell, and this is of course just a random part of my memory that where I can even relate to Darnell is that he said he never had, he didn't really grow up with any role models. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of just kind of like flying through. I, yeah, I know it's also, once again, just like a very sad. And, yeah. but I could also relate to that as well, where like, you know, I, my older brother is very close in age to me. So, you know, and just sort of like how, how I grew up, I never necessarily had a role model as well. And I just remember thinking like, all right, let's see how this guy does. And then he goes out first. And so I was like, ah, <laughs> that's, that's not good. Uh, and then for those of us who listened to uh, our most recent podcast on Survivor with Hannah, who has a camp background and I have a camp background and I remember oh. thinking, okay, how is Hannah going to do? I have a very strong camp background as well. And she goes home first. <laughs> I actually loved her so much from the first like 20 minutes of the episode and then I was just like how dare you like I felt personally betrayed by Hannah because I was like you were like my first person that I felt so connected to and then she quits and I was just yeah, like I, I took that one a little personally <laughs> yeah I I was very sad she was the first person to be like yes yeah, yeah. summer camp was an integral part of my life and I'm very excited to see how that translates over to Survivor not well apparently <laughs> okay anyway so back to uh the braun tribe so we kind of already talked about scott and jason what do you think about sydney thoughts on i like on sydney her? i feel like she's like she just seems very transparent and straight and willing to share her opinion and i like jennifer i thought the whole thing with the bug in her ear was absolutely crazy but i love that they like captured the bug coming out like it was so gross but that was like quite was an interesting storyline yeah. of the episode and then how like within moments she felt fine like that that whole part was just crazy that is honestly one of my biggest fears is to just have anything in my ear and oh, so just okay. really quick story when i was maybe 17 i was at lynette and rochelle's house who lived in sulacout and their parents uh, were were and or are missionaries, and they had a youth group come and help build something around their house or something. So I was vaguely helping as well. And towards the end of the evening, uh, their dad had a bonfire and sort of shared a message. And uh, a mosquito flew in my ear, like in in my ear. Oh. And everyone yeah is like listening intently to what their dad was talking about. And all I could hear was this like fluttering of wings in my ear. And oh, it was yes. like hor horrifying because like there's literally nothing you could do, but I'm trying to sit there and pretend that I'm listening, but I, there's just like a... <laughs> she must have had like traumatic flashbacks in this episode. Yeah. Like, no, it, it's, definitely... it's in her ear the whole night. So what happened to me is I, for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes of me just sort of like trying to subtly plug and unplug my ear. I stood up and then it just stopped. <laughs> so I don't know what happened in my body, but 
something just must have crushed that mosquito. But unfortunately yeah. for, yeah, unfortunately for Jen, that was not the case. And it crawls out of her ear and she, they, they pick it off and ugh. But my next thought would be like, did it lay eggs in my ear? Okay, you know, we need like, to change the subject. Quick, change the subject. Yeah, so, okay. So back, to, so back to Sydney, something that strikes me about her is she's 22 years old. Like that I is know. also she, very young. She feels like 35. Like she does not present as like a Carson or a Xander, like young person. Yeah, no, she she's is very ripped, very mature, yeah. Uh, yeah. very well-spoken, very athletic. I would definitely want her on my tribe. I think she would be such a huge asset. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Alicia's one of those people that I'm kind of glad they don't cast that type anymore because she just. <sighs> I think on a, on, if it was like a, a 20 tribe, 20 person, sorry, season of two tribes of 10, I think she would fare well in one of those, in one of those seasons. And I think she also, suffers from they just wanted like uh and this is this is super rude of me to say even but like they just wanted like a pretty girl on the tribe and i think it was kind of like they wanted her on the season and they didn't know where to put her and they just okay uh she's in real estate but you know she could figure it out <laughs> so yeah you know, just yeah. threw her on the tribe there's because she definitely is the odd person out and we'll we'll get into it later but like she really should have been the first person eliminated from this tribe Oh, totally. But whether she was recruited or whether she was, you know, auditioned the regular way, um, she was cast on the show and you know, just be thrown on a tribe where you're not necessarily, you know, fitting in with the rest of the class. It's, it's a tough spot for her to be in, but she's obviously scrappy and she's trying to make it work. And she did. So yeah. she got through one episode. Lovely uh, Braun tribe. And yeah, should mention Scott, former NBA player. And that's one way that I tried to rope in some of my friends. Like, hey, this uh, guy who is a basketball player he, he's on the season so one way that i try to always rope in some of my friends to watch yeah. the, watch the season i don't mind him as much as i don't appreciate jason he's just not quite as brash and there were some times where he was genuinely trying to like make a connection with alicia or just be like we are willing to vote darnell out because of the big error he made and then she's like do you have an idol? And she's like, well, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. And he's like, I'm actually trying to like reach out to you. And you're just like being ridiculous again. So yeah, I, I, feel like I agree. Made an effort, but she was, I don't know. And so what's interesting is I agree. I feel like he did make more of an effort than Jason. And I wonder if that's sort of his NBA slash being a part of a team background where you realize, you know, every person is valuable in some way. And that, you know, they're going to bring something to the table. So I wonder if that's, that was part of why he maybe is not as Jason is. But then flash forward to the end, Jason votes to save Darnell, which was curious to me. We'll get into that later, but I was very, very awestruck that he voted to vote out Alicia. So yeah, that is our Braun tribe beauty tribe so yeah we kind of touched on anna and nick a bit we have hardly talked about caleb yet and i would say after like debbie and ty he's probably one of my favorite people as well he just seems okay, so, just like well, the he's, golden he's, boy no i i agree no I, uh, vet, well, he's, also a farmer like he's he's on the beauty tribe but he's also just seems like a genuinely nice guy 
like I just love kind of the relationships that he develops like with his tribe too no I I agree I watched his season of Big Brother Big Brother 16 great season a great winner and he he was a bit of a weirdo on that season he won Big Brother he did not no he did not he he did not he he made it pretty far I would say So they have sort of a, when the jury phase starts, I think he made it a few votes into the jury phase and then he was eliminated. But yeah, he was, they, they were absolutely right about him. Like he's a very loyal person. And I think he was a very, I think he's the only person to, from Big Brother to play Survivor, which is really fun. Um, and oh, sorry, Caleb comes back for Game Changers as well, but goes out in the exact same spot. Oh, spoilers, but um, <laughs> he doesn't win the season, nor does he win Game Changers. But uh, he, yeah, he he does come back from a Game Changers game changer as well. Uh, in, in Big Brother, he was a bit of a weirdo, a bit of a creep to uh, one one girl in particular. Yeah, he, he is a fun personality for sure. And I think this season definitely redeemed his image. And I, yeah, I, I do like Caleb. I do like Beast Mode Cowboy. He is, uh, I am definitely a fan. And so it's it's going to be fun to see, uh, I guess, his trajectory on this season. But yeah, he doesn't win as I spoiled already. So hopefully your uh, yeah. people's aren't hearts aren't uh, counting on that. And I feel like this episode didn't really dif- differentiate too much between the girls. Like they talked about how they want to work together and they all get a really good vibe with each other. But I wouldn't, I couldn't say like a standout personality. Like I only feel like I know Michelle more because I've seen her on another season right whereas in this like we were saying in this episode and i couldn't tell you big differentiating features between anna and julia julia i feel like we got a lot more anna than we did julia i think if i were to like cut the pie of uh how the girls on the beauty tribes what edits they received i feel like anna got like 60 or even like 65 and then michelle got like 20 and then whatever the remainder is, is what right. Julia got. I can't tell <laughs> Julia. But yeah. yeah, poor Julia. I feel like she wasn't really, yeah, exactly. And, you're, and as you're sort of flagging up that if she is 18, that it's a lot of pressure. You know, you have all these cameras mm-hmm. and just easier to sort of go with the yeah. older people around you. And then Ty, just so, so interesting. And I just, like his whole story, like came on a boat from during the Vietnam War and because this is in Cambodia, right? So he's kind of in his place and like close to where he is in the world. And just, I love when they have people who are more familiar with the like area where they are and then have more knowledge. I just rewatched one of the new era. And is it Nassim? Is that his name? Nasir, Nasir. Nasir, Nasir, yes. And he's got all this like more local knowledge. Like I just love when they bring that to the game of, knowing what food they can eat and knowing how to build things. Like I like when they have different people who have that sort of life experience and bringing that into the game. I feel like if this was a new era season, it would be like a full on flashback package for Ty. Like we would have seen like him when he was younger and I obviously they wouldn't have footage of him on the boat, but you know, just sort of like him just throughout the years and they would made more of a meal out of that segment than, than they did. And yeah, as I said, they ripped off. And he's older than Debbie. He is he she's 49 and he's 51. So that's just interesting because I don't think his tribe sees him as this like old old man. But speaking of comments and personalities that didn't age well, and even though I just said that I'm a, fi- a fan of our beast mode cowboy Caleb. Sorry, that was his nickname on a Big Brother for those who don't okay. know. Beast mode, beast mode cowboy. 
his how he talked about like Ty on the beauty tribe it was like shut up <laughs> like oh, say yeah. less yeah he's <laughs> like what is this guy doing here and then kind of like rattles off why he's surprised that he's there and it just is not something that was great yeah to hear. they could have just kept because ty asked the same questions and so i feel like they could have kept that part in where he's like why am i even here <laughs> but it, having yeah. someone else describe what's wrong with you like <laughs> i know but yeah, awful, they do grow but I do think they grow to like love his like spirit or his soul or whatever like his he is someone who has like inner beauty who is just For so sure. and i think some of the girls even recognize that they're like he just is so sweet in the world and then as soon as he goes looking for the idol they're like oh now he's suspicious <laughs> sketch sketch yeah okay but those trees uh, were very suspicious they're like dead trees in the middle of the pathway so yeah that that's the scene happened very fast and so for him to be like okay caleb you're chopping into that tree and just imagine if you're being chopped into flash forward to him like ripping out trees from the ground I'm sorry tree i need something right now like uh, okay maybe practice it looked, what like you, it, just a bit it looked like they dug up the whole tree and then tried to replant it because all the leaves were i don't know anyway yeah it, it was it was a bit strange but yeah. what is great about old era survivor is that you can make a mistake like this and there's plenty of time to bounce back. I do believe that if they lost, they probably vote out Ty in this spot. But, you know, buying yourself an extra three days when a new era survivor, like in six days, what, like three people go home, right. you know, right. before exactly. the sixth yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's There's a lot of time to get back into the good graces of your fellow tribe mates, which yeah. we'll see exactly how it plays out. But yeah, Ty certainly bought himself some 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 yeah. more time okay so what about the brains brains i think this is such a fun eclectic group of people yes. uh i'm very excited to see to see them all again so one thing that i noted is we don't get aubrey for like the first like 35 or 40 minutes out of the episode it's very heavy on debbie debbie and joe we get some liz we get some neil and then aubrey is kind of like an afterthought yeah. And she sort of has this moment of, and I think it's highlighted. I feel like if this season wasn't as intense as, as it was, we probably don't get her anxiety attack slash dehydration spell. But I think they wanted to just really focus on how intense mm -hmm. this season mm -hmm. is going to be and really yeah. highlight heat. Have you ever been dehydrated to an extent where it was, where it was a bit scary? Yes, I I've had... What's worse? Heat, there's sunstroke, and then what's the other one? Heat stroke and then heat exhaustion. I think heat stroke okay. is like you need to go to the hospital, and heat exhaustion okay. is like you go lie down and drink fluids. Okay, so I've had the one where you're like throwing up and you feel hot, but not the one where you like get cold and have to go to the hospital. It was at track and field when I was like a kid, but I remember okay. speaking. And actually, also my first date, my very first time. I tree planted when I was in university and my second year I went out West and I remember the first day I got so dehydrated and I just like vomited that night. I didn't want to tell anyone of how sick I was because oh, I was so no. embarrassed. It was just my fault for not eating, drinking enough water. Yeah. And do you not sleep in the same vicinity as people or did you just like run and puke? Actually, and then... this time we were not intense. We were at a logging camp. So everyone had their own little bedroom. So I was just like, Oh. went to bed after dinner basically <laughs> my shame 
I mean, it's not, it's not fun because like you can't catch up. It's so hard. Right. And I can't even imagine like survivor. Like I am a person who gets dehydrated very easily, like in my regular life. So like if I work out in the morning, I will try to spend the whole day catching up. So I feel like that might be my Achilles heel on survivor is just like, like, how do you drink yeah. enough water to stay hydrated? Or like, I, I completely agree. So, like, you just have to drink yeah. a little bit of ocean water to fit your yeah, so, Which also is like counterintuitive. <laughs> um, but so I've never felt more Canadian than when I'm in like hot, hot temperature climates. Oh, specifically. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, yeah. get me back to more mild or yeah. cold environment. Like yeah. I'm used to minus 40 winters where like I'll have the winter cracked open at, at night. But so this one time I was in Miami at a music festival and it was a weekend and I was drinking some beer and the sun was beating down oh, on me. No. Yeah. I was a very, I, I, I think I got heat exhaustion and it was the most wild and like scary thing for, for that period. I, I felt like it was going to come out of both ends. I needed to sit down. I needed water um, yeah. I felt like everything was moving very fast around me, like, you know, large crowds of people coming and going, and there's like explosions yeah. and loud music. And I was at this event and it's like, if I leave, I can't come back. And so I just champed it out and I just lay down for like three hours and I just stayed, <laughs> but it was not a fun place to be. So having yeah. anything where, yeah, where people are, and exactly what you're saying, like if we're doing, if, if I ever find myself on survivor and I'm in in the heat like that like that's that's scary i would never want to be in that place again especially on a game of in a game like survivor where how you present yourself is so key yeah and i thought but, it was so interesting uh, yeah. because like debbie is the one who consoles her now she's kind of like bossy and is like this is what you need to do but she's also like the one who's actually helping her and i feel like that's she's not thinking debbie actually says like the most important thing we need to do out here is survive which I don't know if I would necessarily like have that as my, when I'm going into the game as survivor, I would probably be more in game mode than that. But at least like that, that is going to gather some currency from Aubrey that Debbie's the one who actually sat down and tried to help her. Right. And, and we see that, like we see Aubrey's like, thank you, Debbie for sitting with me. And like Liz is right there as well. And I feel like, I don't know if Liz yeah. wasn't as present for, for Aubrey, but yeah. Aubrey is also like, I'm so happy that you guys got to meet me or that I met meet you guys. I'm like, Okay, this sounds very odd, but I think that's Liz sort of saying that she's sort of more having a panic attack combined with feeling, right, you know, right. the heat. So, because she was saying some pretty, pretty She odd was like, her lips things. aren't even chapped. And I was like, for me, if I'm dehydrated, it's like the pounding headache. Like, I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, my lips are chapped. I'm more like, my brain <laughs> is trying to exit my skull and I hate everybody, right? So. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. And she was drinking from that coconut and it looked like she had just puked. It was just, oh, yeah. I And to know the trajectory that Aubrey has in Survivor lore, um, it's kind of a surprise to see her in this state because I thought Ty could be the first person out if uh, Beauty loses. I do think Aubrey had a pretty good shot of being eliminated mm. first if if because uh what do you have to go right. on right like as soon as someone shows a tiny bit of weakness in the first few days you're making a decision based on the the information that you have so the difference between three days and six days is wild right so yeah whatever yep. tribe loses yep. the first challenge like that's a very high stakes thing one of the one of the key 
parts of uh, Michelle's strategy that we see here is she sort of introduces herself as a bartender and she likes to see just different personality types and really think, who do I get along with? So that is one of the notes that Michelle sort of flags up on herself. And mm. for someone who's, yeah, as we said, maybe one of the more controversial winners, that is that is something that Michelle has on her mind in the first 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 portion of the game. So she is obviously thinking uh, head in the game. And uh, I think, yeah, I think her and Anna, we get like Anna's, Anna's really vibing with Ty, but I think the girls are, are sort of banding together for, for this part of the game. I think, yeah, they, they have their eyes on Ty, but then, you know, that kind of wavers and we'll, we'll see what happens, but you know, obviously my eyes on Michelle, we don't have a whole lot, but I think that was a good, yeah, just a good snippet of what's going on in Michelle's head. So I thought it was crazy. Well, I did write this down too. We talked about the marooning at the beginning and I kind of forgot all the stuff that's available, but I wrote, they get a saw, like they had a saw and a hatchet. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. That was something I did I, notice. But then the other part I was going to say is, I can't believe they don't do a challenge until day three, because like in the new era, that feels like a long time of the three days, right? <laughs> a lot of time to get to know people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I did not even that did not register with me that they get a saw. So that that is, I mean, obviously I saw that they have a saw, but yeah, you're absolutely it right. In the new era of Survivor, yes, oh for sure, it must have been something on the boat that they grabbed, but definitely not something that you'd see in the new era Survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they've had a uh, toolkit as a reward, but even that we haven't seen. I don't think they've. Not for that. a long time. Yeah. 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 I think there was promotional stuff tying in with that when they do have toolboxes. No, but like sponsored yeah. by Home Depot or whatever. Yeah, I think there it was Home Depot or something similar, okay. which is hilarious so to think funny. back on. Oh, yeah. I yeah. feel like there used to be a reward challenge where people would come and build their shelter for them or something. Wasn't that one? Something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was that something was where... Uh, if yeah. you want and even so to the challenge obviously uh it was immunity but i remember for this episode jeff sort of says welcome to the first challenge on survivor and i was like like reward challenge immunity challenge like what kind of challenge is this jeff yeah <laughs> need to be a bit more specific but then it was obviously for both oh yeah uh, yeah because they could they got a fire making kit as the reward and then the other people got just flint if they won i think the sec the second place team yeah um, okay, so do you want to talk about the challenge? Like, let's just, we need to have one moment for Darnell and then move on because that part was really Yeah, painful. yeah. <laughs> so I, mean, so I up. Like, I don't know. It was one thing, but they did catch up. I, I do see the mistakes that Darnell made. And obviously, so he, he volunteered to be the one to, to dive. And, yeah. and Scott even said, like, are you sure? And he says, yes. And so, you know, that right there, one strike against Darnell. He yeah. dives in, the goggles go down. I I definitely probably would have dived the same as Darnell. I like I'm not a big swimmer, but I that that is very, you know, unfortunate that he was the first person to go because they were clearly so close and it would mm -hmm. be a whole different story. And when I was watching do them always, paddle. Do they always even have goggles? Like if there's a swim no, underwater to get something, yeah. I feel like I don't even no, think they believe in not. goggles in the new era. <laughs> but, you know, at least they would be all on the same footing, right? Where the other two tribes, I don't want to yeah. say they had an advantage, but they had the goggles to carry yeah. them through. Uh, and then, sorry, so when they're paddling, 
you could see how Darnell was paddling, that there was less strength on his side and the boat was kind of like veering away yeah. from the shoreline. And it was because of his side, there's just not enough strength there. So I think all those couple together and Scott called him dead weight in the challenge. And so obviously like we get yeah, awful. We, the viewers can only like, we're seeing whatever the cameras want us to see. Whereas right. Scott is right there in the action and seeing right. like who's exactly doing what. But to uh, Darnell's point, I feel like Alicia probably doing a lot less than, than Darnell. Right. <laughs> so. right. I thought it was super interesting how they got a choice for the end where there's the puzzle or they, they call it dexterity. I kind of missed what the actual challenge was, but it's like, it's a higher risk, but higher reward type where you could maybe do it faster if you could get it right. Whereas the yeah, puzzle the stacking is of it's like, like four or five balls and then sort of yeah. like having them. Yeah. Rest on top of, I guess, sort of middling. I don't know what you want to call it. Just sort of something to balance them on. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, I think the puzzle was the way to go. I, because if you kind of screw up on the the balancing, then yeah, I, I, I would just have... setting at zero, right? Whereas the puzzle, exactly. you're working through it, yeah. And I think even though Alicia was on the puzzle, Scott was able to bring them back to where they should be. And yeah. had they even had maybe like two more minutes, they probably would have beat Beauty. And so it's it hard to so lay... close. That was pretty so exciting close. for a first challenge, yeah. right? To have it be that close. And it's hard to yeah. not blame anyone but Darnell, unfortunately, in that situation. And of course, Darnell is fighting yeah. for his life. But then he comes back to camp and just says, sorry, guys, like that was absolutely all me. Oh, you also, I don't know if you want to do that. You can't, on Survivor you, can't, you can't lay on your sword. You just have to <laughs> be like this. Yeah. But he said something that is like literally the epitome of Survivor. He said, when people in this game aren't talking to you, they're talking about you. And I was like, oh, dear, you poor Darnell. <laughs> you know what's coming for you. I felt that so hard. I understand yeah. that so, so much. Yeah. <laughs> and in the, in the seasons that I played, which is absolutely true. Absolutely true. That's what I felt like in real life Survivor. Because I'm like, why is everybody agreeing with me? And I'm just like, you people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm so excited yeah. to hear it. Uh, anyway, so poor Darnell. But I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall. But I feel like, I think at least at Tribal Council, he did his best to sort of but at that point, it was sort of yeah. damage control, right? I, I agree. And, you know, so I, I love where he was like, I, I really believe in my gut. And right now, my gut is telling me to use the bathroom early on in the episode. And then he's using the bathroom, like, in plain sight of everyone. I was like, Darnell, no. Oh, you like, go out a bit more. Two rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and the camera even, like, showed him, like, pull down his pants. And was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, at Tribal Council, you're exactly right. I think Darnell did put up a good fight. And... I'm very curious to know why it was tied, whether it was like, well, what if Darnell has an idol? But then you don't really need to tie it if Darnell has an idol. So did he actually sway minds? I'd have to go back and listen to Exit yeah. Press, but that was very exciting. I completely forgot there was a tie. I knew Darnell goes home, but man, that tie yeah. really threw me for a loop as I was yeah. watching it. Yeah, my notes from Tribal Council were, Jeffy looks so young. Darnell is under the bus. Alicia said, I'm a mental giant. And Darnell breaking my heart. <laughs> Those are some of my notes I said from Tribal Council. But I did love how, yeah. even, though, even though Jenny voted for him, I loved how she was really real and being like, I can relate to what he's saying too about life. Like you just get tired of losing. And I don't know. I do like when they have those real moments. So I agree. Yeah, it was, no, it was a very heartfelt response. And I... You know, 
in a game like survivor where there's such a blur between what's game and what's real life like i think obviously you know you're trying to throw everything at the wall but there is a large part of you know like this could be is just so indicative of my life as well right and for Darnell, who's really such a had just a hard go at life in different aspects yeah. for him yeah. to go at first i'm sure was just not not a great feeling when he just considers his life as a whole and i laughed so hard when alicia tried to write without taking the cap off the pen like i just love how they leave little moments like that i don't know if you noticed that but you just i know i did notice that <laughs> you're just like what are you doing I, yeah. I I love that they left that in, and uh, you know it, it it was fun. And she's such a kooky person, and I found myself yeah. relating to her a bit as well. I feel like I'm I'm kind of like right there with her with some of those quirky mannerisms as well. So I I as a, as as strange as she is, uh, I I definitely uh, I definitely like uh, what Alicia's bringing to the show. And the other thing, I always laugh at how they spell each other's names. And there were three votes for Alicia, and none of them spelled it the same way. <laughs> now, her way is weird. It's like with an E and yeah, a C or like whatever. A-L-E-C-I-A. Like... Yeah. Yeah. But no, Jason I feel like... Jason spelled it with a C-H. Yeah. And then Darnell had it with an O at the end. I don't know. But it always brings me back to when in the one tribal council when Katura says that I think it was Sifu asked her how to spell her name like was that who it was it was just so funny it's like wait whoa 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 why do you need to know how to spell yeah. my name yeah no I, it's, you gotta you gotta get on that before yeah on before <laughs> tribal council yeah you just gotta all write your names in the sand so everyone knows how to spell your name yeah yeah, uh, yeah so I um, really I wonder why Scott like Scott voted for Darnell but why like Jason I think, voted I think, for Alicia yeah, yeah. So I, maybe they did wonder if someone had an idol. That's that's what I what I could think of. But yeah. at the same time, I don't like if if they court with uh, Sydney, they should have had to, that taken care of. But uh, I don't yeah. know. So I, I don't think they address the next episode either. But but I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah. yeah, very, very peculiar. And sometimes, you know, these votes like who knows exactly if any minds were swayed at tribal council. But yeah, I, I don't know. We'll just have to have to yeah. wait until next episode. I don't think they addressed yeah. it, but uh, but maybe they do. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. But it's kind of, it's kind of exciting to have a tie in the first vote of the season. And like I oh, feel like there were some good parts so that made for good TV. Like the challenge was very close. It wasn't a blowout, so nobody was shamed by Jeffrey. And then it was a tie on the vote and a revote. But I did yeah. notice in this era or whatever pre-era you go to the first tribal council and then you give you Flint at the end. So you actually get a consolation prize for having the first vote out, which now they're just like, if you lose, you have to give back your Flint. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, also. And that was very, that was the standard. Whereas you get, you get Flint at the very end of the, yeah. but if you're on day three, I mean, they really need to give survivors something by day three. Whereas, right. you know, it's like every other day, someone's going home in the new era. So it's, right. you know, <laughs> right. you can get away with a bit yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think, I think in some locations it used to be that they had to boil their water, but now they just have like, they give them clean drinking water because you're like, you're not giving them a way to make fire. Like you have to give them a way to at least have water, right? Where yeah, some exactly. of the other seasons, the water wasn't like they were supposed to boil yeah. it before they actually like drink it or whatever. So yeah, kill any microbes that are in there. But yeah, I think that is absolutely right where water, now water. It's like the well, it's like, 
it's probably a plastic tub inside that we don't see, right? And then they just refill it when you're not watching. Oh, totally. Yeah. But even then, like, how hygienic is that? You know, I feel like <laughs> that vat would get pretty gnarly after a few yeah. hours even. So, yeah. And it's like in the open sun for hours. Like, it's just like a breeding ground. In my mind, for germs. But, like, who knows? <laughs> Anyway, so that's uh, season, uh, it's the premiere episode of season 32 in the books. So for those who are interested, uh, Melinda and I will briefly talk about our experience in Survivor at Home, this latest season that we played. And uh, any guests that come on during this, this segment will be to talk about their experience as well. And of course, in a way that is uh, respectful to the people that we played with, keeping in mind that you know, it, it is just a game at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, we're, we're all friends as uh, awful as it can be to get voted out. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Melinda, uh, we were on separate tribes. So in for season six, we just did season six of Survivor at Home. Uh, our amazing host, Andrew Ironside, had split us up into two tribes of eight. We were on different tribes, much to my dismay. Tell me about how was your experience? So I was very excited again, and I love that there was kind of a mix of new people and old people that I played with together. I found the idea that we had our tribes chosen by being picked by people, that really stressed me out. <laughs> like from the get-go, that sort of threw me off. I don't, I think I liked that there was only two tribes instead of three. I obviously didn't get as far as I wanted to. There was a moment where I could have won immune the like so basically I made it to the merge and then was I think was the first person voted out after the merge I can't even remember now yeah I think I'm getting things I think confused correct. yeah <laughs> but I was I had the potential to win immunity but it was where the people on exile could take immunity from you so and we had to go to a tiebreaker round and then I didn't win immunity and then that was when I got voted out so that was a little bit annoying so, so why, I feel like I didn't. Why were you voted out? What was the circumstance? To... I don't know. People always yeah. are like, oh, it's because you're a big threat. But I think that's what you say to everybody. So their feelings aren't hurt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I no. think there was like with new people and old people and what the like teams and alliances were. And John and Luke and I wanted to play together. And then Luke went out the first. <laughs> Oh, poor Luke. Wild. That was so wild to come back yeah. from you guys coming from tribal and see that yeah. other Luke was the first person to eliminate it. I was like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. And then wild. and then there was there was another vote where I think Steph and I were both voted against, and then it was a tie, and then the tiebreaker she was out. Um, I didn't know who to trust because somebody had obviously said different things. And so I think even that point I just didn't feel like I had like a good kind of tight group of people that I was working with. So but you you made it through because you're like my tribe won what there was like five challenges or six in the pre-merge. And I think we won. I like we only went to tribal twice. And yeah. then uh, yeah your tribe was just really thrown through the ringer there by you know, tribal yeah, after tribal. Yeah, so, I mean, tribal. that's hard too, right? Yeah, that's hard too, right? But last, the in-person game, I didn't make it to the merge. I was the last one out before the merge. So I was at least happy to make it to the merge. But then it was like, it was too chaotic to like 
connect with other people from the other side and whatever. And but I actually I had a lot more fun on Exile than I thought I would. Like I thought it would just be bitter and salty, but it was actually like hilariously like it was a party. So I actually had fun. Like I I was like, oh, I can't imagine coming back the second night and just being on Exile the whole time. But I feel like it was actually really fun to watch everybody else. I see. But also not feel like you had to, I'm not saying I didn't pay attention, but like we had like one earbud in what was actually going on in the game. And then we were talking to each other. So like we were paying attention, but you were also like, I just, my stress level was alleviated from not having to like focus for the whole hour the second night. (laughs) Yeah. I, I completely agree about that comment because well, we'll get to me in a bit, but yeah, I was also eliminated night one. And exactly what you're saying is that you have one earbud in listening to what's going on in game. And we're also in jury chat, just talking about all sorts of different things. And so for when the regular podcasting season comes on for season 46, I don't know if I would be the best person to talk about the intricacies of what happened in the post-merge because I was paying attention like 40%, you know, like there was something about like Bryson and counting. And I remember when that was happening, I was like, okay, like something big is happening right now, but we're also having this like great discussion and jury chat. (laughs) So, (laughs) and and, you know, they have all these like jokes and it's like, I would say insider stuff because like we're watching, but like, yeah, exactly what you're saying is that we're not really in there and we're just sort of like in our own little world and it's, like it's it's we're yeah. paying attention but we're also kind of not well and two <laughs> like for me because i played the light version so that was one night and i made it to the final three and then when i played the two nights i got to the final four so i literally have played what's that like eight hours plus eight hours plus eight hours that's like 24 hours where i had to be on the entire time and it wasn't until the very yeah. last tribal council when it was the final three and i was part of the jury voting so like that take it a lot out of you right so then this time I was like being in the jury I was like okay I'm like breathing normally I'm not sweating like my heart is not doing something like I'm not in like anxiety mode I'm just sort of enjoying this so I would say that is like a plug for people that are like oh I don't know if I want to play because if I get out first I have to sit there for two nights it was actually like was really fun no I I know I I, I agree But you're right, um, probably not the best commentators on what actually happened in the game because for night two. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're just you're just not there. You're not in the thick of it. And you're not really seeing who's going into what room and talking to who. And so it's a bit yeah. of a different experience here when you're watching night two from the jury. For night one, for yeah, for my experience, I I was also a bit thrown off at the picking of tribes which i you know it's it's fun and i love that it was there but it was also just very nerve-wracking to like to see how how it went elementary school flashback when you're just like somebody please pick me (laughs) yeah and so i was picked in so there was six six seven rounds of picking yeah there's seven rounds of picking because there's eight eight of us and i was picked in the second to last round and so that you know, right off the bat, didn't feel great. But looking at my tribe, I felt that, in my opinion, the optimal strategy would have been to, so there was eight of us, there was five returnees and three new people, I think was the breakdown. And one interesting thing for me to, when I play Survivor at home, is that you don't know what connections are are there from the real world. And so I'm always very careful to talk about anyone to anyone else because I just don't know who's connected to who. 
But so I felt just looking at my tribe that the most optimal strategy would be for the returning people to band together and pick off some of the new people. And then I guess within the returnees, there was the three podcasters. And so I would have, you know, stuck with the podcasters and the returnees for as, I guess, as far as I could ride that. And then even within the podcasters, there was, of course, the the pair that podcast together. And so I thought they would have been a target ahead of me because, you know, they have just this visible long history together. Right. Um, and so that was just how I saw sort of saw things shaking out. Should it go to tribal council? Unfortunately, uh, that was not how I guess the rest of the tribe saw things. And so, yeah, I was the second person eliminated right before the merge, which, you know, is just heartbreaking yeah. place to go out for sure. It was, it, it was, it was definitely hard. Like I, I don't want to mince words. Like it was, it was, I was very sad and I was also mad. Like I went to bed just feeling very, very mad. And from, you know, with, with a, like a few days and weeks out, obviously survivor is a cutthroat game. The idea is to, you know, make it to the end. And obviously everyone is just trying to do their, do their best, but you know, it's just, it's sad and it sucks when you're on the receiving end of that experience. And even night two, I, even in, in night two, I like, I woke up the next day feeling great. And then someone came back from my tribe and I was like, okay, so why did you guys vote me out? And they're like, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, that's a pretty significant moment in my game. And so, yeah, I just kind of, that also didn't feel really good. Yeah, but... And that, that's a big difference with how starting with more people on the tribe, right? The dynamics yeah, are so just... different of starting exactly. with eight people as opposed to like five or whatever. And the game had already moved on quite significantly from the time right. that I was eliminated. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. yeah, I, you know, it is just too long ago and I don't really remember. And absolutely. So it just. Well, I was very happy to be welcomed into exile with your smiling face. So that was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I missed spend that time with you too. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I know it was good company and I was absolutely, obviously sad that you were eliminated next, but very happy to, you know, hear your tale and spend, spend time in jury chat with you. And yeah, jury chat is fun. I don't think people should be scared of jury chat uh, for those who play in the future. It is absolutely a really good time. And uh, yeah, we get to, uh, I guess, uh, commiserate together. So, Kel, <laughs> so who's, who's uh, going to be our first guest on our next episode? Well... I just received a text from that person stating that they might not be ready for next episode. So okay. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's kind of good. Cause actually I was going to say that I peeked out my phone and that person texted me back saying that they should come on maybe later, but hopefully this episode will be posted ASAP and hopefully it's listened to by someone in the community and hopefully someone steps up. So we'll see, but I can also message the other people that I messaged and just see if they can maybe come earlier. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. But for those who stick around, we would absolutely love to have some Survivor home people come on as guests. It just it would involve you watching this season and bringing your awesome personality and your thoughts and your experience being in Survivor at home. So, uh, Melinda, I don't know if you have anything, any closing remarks, anything else to say? No, just if you're listening and you're not already following us, you can find us online. We're on Instagram, Survivor underscore at underscore home. Yes. And uh, Google us, Survivor at Home. I believe we are one of the top hits. I mean, it's 
with my cache and so forth. It is for me, but you can certainly find us. I think we're at survivoratholme.com. You can see our lovely profiles and faces. And uh, yeah, please follow us for more coverage. Like and subscribe. Send us your five-star reviews. We are the best and only Survivor podcast in Canada, to our knowledge. So please give us a follow and a like. And without further ado, we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.